Hey everybody, it's the Nerd Like Me Podcast. I'm Corey Howell and I'm here with Chris Gladden. What is going on, Chris? How we doing? Man, I gotta say, uh, we, we played some magic on Monday and I was I was kind of disappointed because you stole my infinitely powerful Animar and <laughs> killed me with it. That was that was pretty wonderful because I know you did not see that coming. <laughs> no, I did. Well, I mean, there's nothing I could do. Uh, the problem with that deck is that, um, and it, it, it's a really fine line. And I'm I'm learning um, every time I play it, kind of like the better ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird because like I can have this really powerful board state, but it's in it which is enough to like a- attract all the bad attention. Oh yeah. But it's not necessarily enough to win me the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I maybe get a little too excited about, like, oh, I'm going to do all this cool stuff and have this great board state. But then it ends up backfiring because I don't have all the things I need to, like, win the game. Right. Um, and then at that point, I kind of just get hated on, like, hated off the table because it ends up being, a, if, if I'm playing three other people, it's three on one at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just not a whole lot you can do. Um so I think I, I'm getting to the point where it's just going to be me sitting on stuff in my hand until I'm ready to do all of it. Yeah, I um, definitely see that. And if I happen to die first, I happen to die first, but because I can't really stop it. But um, do you have any in that deck? I know it's mostly creatures, but do you have any like the stampede cards or anything like that? Where I don't. Um, I might have one. I think I can't remember. I th- I think I have crater hoof in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Um, I think I remember you saying that you're putting I know, it in there, but I don't I can't remember if you bought it or not. Yeah, I did, but I can't remember if I put it in my Azuri deck or in Animar. Hmm. Okay. Um, I really want to put him in my in my Rurik Thar deck, but I I don't like. It's like I like the fact that that deck is kind of a budget deck, and then yeah, I mean that's <laughs> I it's like thirty percent of the value of the deck right <laughs> yeah. there in Craterhoof. Um, I mean, yeah, I haven't put any of that in there because the, again, the point of the the deck is not to win really mm-hmm. with the creatures. I mean, most of the creatures that are in there support getting counters on Animar. Right. Um, and that's, that's the other problem that I was running into and that I run into frequently is, um, I'll play Animar and then I'll play the creatures that I, you know, my one drop creatures, um, or two or three drops, I guess. Cause usually I can, you know, if they're a two colorless mana and one one colored mana, they're just one mana at that point right. because Animar's already got counters on him. So, but at that point, if they're on the battlefield, like I don't have them again, mm-hmm. and so for me to pull my combos off, like I need usually at least four counters um, to to make it efficient. Right. Otherwise, you know, if I have ancestral statue and I have an animal with no counters, I need. Ten mana. Yeah, I was gonna say nine or ten. ten it's ten time. mana to be able to to get him to be infinite. Um, so, but that again in that game that was the problem, right? Is I played all these cards and I got I did got my Animar infinite one time, and then he got off the wiped off the board. Mm-hmm. And but he's the only thing that got wiped off the board because I think Marcus returned him to my hand and I didn't. I had all those other creatures on the battlefield, right? So I can't I can't redo it. And mm-hmm. At that point, I need a ton of mana to be able to get him back to that point. Um, so it's just a, it's an interesting deck, and I and I think you're probably right in that I need some of those like give trample type things because right. I mean literally an infinite animal. People are like, oh, he's infinitely powerful, but he doesn't do shit. Right. I mean, realistically, a one one stops him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I mean, if you've got you know the <clears throat> cards like Crater Hoof, I mean Crater Hoof. What, 
it's he gives everybody trample, and then he also gives them plus one, plus one for every creature on the table, right? Crater Hoof, yeah. yeah. Well, no, so he gives you... Or is it plus five, plus five, and no, trample? No, Crater Hoof is plus X, plus X, where X yeah. is the, the greatest power among creatures you control. So, I mean, mm. yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, I think it's the it's based on the number of creatures you have. Maybe there there's two of the, them. I the, know the stamp one of the stampedes like does is cra- like it's the yeah. yeah. Maybe cuz crater hoof he I'm pretty sure. Well, we're going to find out here in a second. Yeah. Plus X. He has the number of creatures. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm I'm thinking of the one stampede card. Yeah, like overwhelming, overwhelming stampede. stampede. Yeah. 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 Um which are again, all those are probably good cards for me to have in that deck. Um and and I just I don't I just haven't done it right um mainly because you know, I'm buying cards I already have um, that aren't necessarily cheap cards uh but yeah I mean I think that's that's probably another way that I can so I, really I only have a couple win cons and they're all relying on me having all the pieces right um yeah I finally got that uh, that Rurikthar deck like to the point where ramp is just about right in it. Yeah, because like, I, mean, I had them both I mean, it was, the games both we games played came out turn three. I mean, a six six for six on turn three that deals six damage every time that you uh, you I mean, cast a non creature yeah, spell. Yeah, is pretty yeah, sweet. it's nuts. I mean, it was kind of funny because normally when you play that deck, um, you don't. I mean, he's out turn five, turn yeah. to, turn five to turn eight somewhere yeah. in that range, um, which is really enough time. To get something going, like yeah. to build a board state for most decks, mm-hmm. um, because Rorikthar's biggest advantage is not his power and toughness. Really, no. it's a, a he has vigilance and reach, which is very good. Um, but really, it's it's the dealing six damage for non creature spells. Oh yeah, because I mean, if you're playing, I mean, if you're playing anything else but a creature deck, like you're screwed. You're you will literally kill yourself yeah. in a matter of a couple turns if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, you know. Um, it, it, it makes people make decisions because it's like, do I play this thing that's going to help me and take the damage, or do I wait until I find something that can remove him? Right? I mean, yeah. you, you get and you're these, still taking that damage. You're still <laughs> taking the damage regardless, but at least at that point you're getting rid yeah. of them, right? Um, and depending on your mana mana situation, I mean, you might just cast them again next turn. Yeah, and then sometimes you get to that point where it's like, well, now I've got to find an answer. So you you know cast some spell where you draw cards and it deals six damage to you and you don't and really find you anything still might not find that answer um, you know and then so you cast another spell trying to like look for another card or trying to do do something you're taking another six damage and then you finally find that answer and you've taken eighteen damage from Rorkthar <laughs> yeah yeah I mean um, yeah I mean realistically so I, I had kind of jokingly I had not played my Voltron deck in some time and uh, I was like you know Chris is playing his Rook Thar deck let me let me this have a challenge and it's pretty stupid for me to do that because I might have five creatures in that deck right um, it's probably more than five but it's not very many mm-hmm. um, and really every other card I'm playing is, is an equipment card or, or an enchantment right um, and those all would deal damage to me but like I said I thought oh I've got you know, four to seven to eight turns before I've got to start worrying about that. Mm-hmm. And then turn three, you cast Rook Darn. I'm like, <laughs> shit. You know, at that point, I'm kind of screwed. So, um, and, and I, th- I still ended up taking you out that game um, due to my bro, yeah. my brother across the table that you were going to kill me and he, he cast Fog. I don't know. First of all, you shouldn't be playing Fog in, in Commander. Second of all, why? 
I mean, it's just not a good card in Commander. It's really not. Like, just think of all the powerful cards in Commander, and you're playing Fog. Yeah, but if you don't know what Fog does, it's it's for one green, you prevent all combat damage. So I was about to kill Corey. Like, I mean, he was just, like, there was he nothing was scooping I, his cards up. Like, literally And scoop. then old dude is like, he's like, hold up. And I'm like, what the he's heck like, could he possibly in response, be doing And I here? thought he was just casting something in response. Yeah. Like, you know, t- t- for his benefit or right. whatever. Um, and he's like, Fog. And I'm like, all right, never mind. I put my cards back down. And I'm like, no, no, you should not be playing Fog and Commander. I, I'm I don't sorry. Know. I think it worked. On, I mean, especially against the combat-based deck, right? I mean, because you, yeah, you but it's, at that point, you had gone all in, right? You were, it was it. Yeah. I mean, you, you had, you know, extended all your resources to be able to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I think in those situations, that's a good card. I mean, especially like think about if, if I mean fog always feels like a good card. The the rare chance that it actually does something, and it still didn't. It still didn't help him win the game. Like you no, know what I'm saying? Like no, but my, I guess my point is is let's let's say in in a different situation if if you're playing a creature deck like uh, playing against a creature deck like like my Animar deck, if I had Animar with Trample, or if I had Craterhoof down or something like that, I mean that's game. Yeah. Not if he plays Fog. Same thing in my Azuri deck. That's that's yeah, but I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but you're you're just delaying everything one turn. If if Fog is your strategy, then you're not being proactive enough. Is what I'm. I guess where I'm getting at. Yeah. No. I mean, I see where there may be better cards, but especially for one man, because you should be playing cards that are going to win you the game, not just slow the game down. I'm not saying that it's a terrible card. But if you ask most people, it's a terrible card. <laughs> you, were, you were playing Spore Frog in, in your uh, Marin deck. Yeah, but it's a recurring frog. Like, it's it's a little bit different. Like, I can keep doing that over and over and over. Now, if you, if fog, if you could re- keep regenerating Fog, then it's not a terrible card. But the fact that you only get one use out of it, generally... Yeah, and, and, and you never know. When, I mean, I understand that like that'll, that really only gives you a turn. Right. Most of the time, unless unless somebody were to, you know, I mean, even say playing against your Zada deck and you burn all your resources in your hand, buffing your creatures up. I hear you. I, I mean, I, I and those are the in, those are the very only situ- very situation. Those situations. are the situations I think it's good, right? Yeah. I don't think against most comp, most decks we would play. Um, they are it's great, right? Where they're just pinging you, or they're they're not their strategy is not. All right, I need to get all this stuff, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna basically overextend mm-hmm. and use and, and hope that that overextension works. And but I mean, I the other people. thing is, is you have to have that card in your hand. Yeah, well, that's the same. I mean, yeah, but that that problem could be said for any of the cards in the game. That no, are, I hear that you. Are but, situationally good, but that's why you don't play situationally good cards in in those decks. You know what I'm saying? Like chance. I mean, the chances of you having that card in your hand every time that you're playing a creature deck. It, you know, oh, it's low. It's it's, low. it's really mean, low. And then the chances of you having it against decks that are not dealing creature based damage, it, you know, it's going to be a little bit higher um, percentage in the opposite way because you know creature decks are more common. But you know, and, and I'm I'm not like ragging on the guys. Just you know, I'm, I'm I thought little, it was a good play. I'm, I'm a little like salty. But. I know. I was just saying, <laughs> we can tell. But it's okay. I'm, I'm, and hey, you you turn it around the, the next game, and uh, I can't believe I turned it around the next game. So the next game, we're playing, and I have this hand that's actually a terrible hand, but it's got ramp, and I'm like, well, surely I'll draw some lands, and so we got to like turn five, and I had, 
like two lands on the table because I kept eating my own lands with uh, with one of my creature abilities. Yeah, gave so I ate two two forests. So I had like two mountains left, and then a little thing that can only eat that eats forests and gives me extra mana. But it helped me get Rurik. I was like, well, if I'm getting Rurik Thar out on turn three, then I'm just I'm just you whatever you draw into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I proceeded to draw almost nothing but creatures until. Like I said, like turn five or six or something like that. And then finally I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to dirtle over here and just yeah. hope that eventually I draw enough enough lands to be able to do stuff. And then, you know, maybe turn the game took to like turn 10 or something like that because we're all at this big stalemate. And uh, finally, I just got to the point where I had enough stuff. Yeah, to that's to, the thing. Like, fight. you know, control decks, because Marcus, I wouldn't say what Marcus was playing was really a control deck, but it's blue. So it has control elements in it, right? Um, and, the, and that's my only complaint when I'm playing against those decks is that they just don't seem designed to win. Mm-hmm. They seem designed to make everybody else lose. And you win by virtue right. of everybody else losing. Yeah. Which I just don't personally like that strategy like that's not something that i would enjoy doing mm-hmm. i mean i guess like i think i would enjoy it like once or twice just to like shit on people like when they're trying to do something like never mind you're not gonna do that right but then it'd be like all right i'm just being a dick well some people just like saying nope yeah you know and even if it's not they're not trying to be a dick like just that like that is a win to them every time that they get to tell somebody nope you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. like so I get it. I mean, there's there's people that play blue and they're wrong, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not my favorite strategy. I don't I don't like playing a lot of blue. I mean, in like legacy and stuff like that, you have to play blue, um, or at least it has to be a color in your deck because otherwise you're just going to get trounced by most decks. I mean, there's some decks that can su- succeed without blue. Don't don't get me wrong, but for the most part. It's like well, they're you the have most to have expensive force of cards for a reason, right? Yeah. I mean, that that it doesn't just price alone. Dick shows you supply and demand of, mm-hmm. of the cards, and you know, on average, most just even mediocre blue cards are more expensive than like a mediocre green card, right? I mean, you they're know? just the most efficient cards in the game. Like you can cat you can cast a one or two mana counter spell. To counter, you know, a 10 converted mana cost spell. Or you can um, mana drain an Eldrazi and get yeah, 10, 10, mana. 10 mana Eldrazi and then get 10, 10 mana 10 extra spend. mana the next turn. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, they're, they're good cards. And I, I mean, I think it's it's good because it provides a challenge. And I'm not saying that it's like the end of the world, but it mm-hmm. all, it's always kind of... It, I mean, it's frustrating purposefully, I guess. Yeah. Um but eventually, I mean, but but the other part of that is I've very rarely seen those people win. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, to me, it just defeats the purpose. Like, why are you, you're making everybody else not have, and I guess, I, like you said, people like saying nope, and people like being that guy for mm-hmm. whatever reason. But I guess for me, when I play a game, the point of playing a game is to win. Right. And if I never win, it doesn't matter how much I made everybody else hate their lives. I'd much rather win with some fun strategy that was competitive and and be able to shake somebody's hand afterwards and go good game mm-hmm. versus like some you know th- then I just like be a thorn in everybody's side for an hour and a half right and then I never win and it's just like well I mean if you look on on EDH rec though I mean most of the top commanders have blue in them somewhere so well I mean I know and I mean I mean I mean even Animar right I mean he, I can yeah. play counter spells and control aspects and stuff like that 
Um, I mean, I get it, but it just doesn't seem fun. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's oh no, I it's agree. not. Any, but even those top commanders are not built around stopping people. Mm-hmm. They have elements of being able to stop something when they need to. Right. Which I mean, my Animar deck has Cyclonic Rift in it. My Azuri deck has Cyclonic Rift in it because those are really good cards when some when somebody's way out of hand. Yeah, card stupid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've done it more to me than I've done it to you. So. Um, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. th- I still do those things, but they're they're for a purpose. Like mm-hmm. I need to get you off the board and have you reset to a degree, so that I can get back whatever advantage I've lost. Right. Not just so you, I can say nope, and I don't really have anything going on for myself. You know. But you could just say no. I could. Cyclonic Rift is a pretty pretty mean nope. Like it is and it isn't. I I, I usually don't mind it, uh, especially the way my decks are built now, because I have like every card in my deck typically has a purpose, but. Um, there are some that are like, I don't need, right? So like most of my board states, I could take seven cards out of that board state. Mm-hmm. And if I have the mana still, which I don't lose, like I can be right back in the same spot in a turn pretty right. much. Um, you know, it's not like, I mean, yeah, I mean, realistically that's the way it is. Cause now, I mean, especially because typically that allows me to take my commander back to my hand, which automatically saves me two mana. Right. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm much more upset about like, death counters like board wipes like uh doomsday or something mm-hmm. where it's like kill everything it's like oh great now it has to go to the command zone and now i have to spend two extra mana to cast it right <laughs> um you know i don't know um but it is what it is i had fun um thanks everybody that did come out um that's yeah it's one of the, I, I enjoy doing that it's, it's one of those things that um it's competitive but it's not like we, yeah. we all have a good time doing it and it's you know what i mean like, I think we, we play competitively, but not competitively to the point where it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, we all change day. It's not like you're just, like, people are... Yeah, I mean, I usually try and rotate every game. Mm-hmm. Um, or at, I mean, at least every week. Yeah. You know, I'll play something different. I need to start playing my, my Voltron deck more um, because it is pretty good. And I think now that I have a better grasp on the game, I think it'll probably go a little bit better. Yeah, and the amount of money you put in. Well, I mean, I don't care about that because I could just sell it if I really wanted to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And it's a good deck. But yeah. I think, you know, it was hard for me to understand what the strategy was and how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, I mean, most of my other my other decks and decks that seem to do well are, are decks that have some kind of like one, on one turn, I do one thing and I win the game. Right. Where it's like. You can't if you can't stop what I'm doing right now. Not one person loses, but everybody loses. Yeah, and and that's the only problem with that deck is at minimum takes me three turns to win. Well, I guess at maximum, right? Because but there are if only one person's left. But right. But you know if if I get to the point where I built my optimal board state, I mean I'm still having to attack in three separate turns to kill each person. Yeah, it only takes me one swing to do it mm-hmm. but i still have to swing on one person and then that gives everybody a chance to knock me down somehow the next turn yep. until the, you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it just leaves me very open in the meantime um so i need to maybe i don't know if there's any white or green cards that give me extra combat phases no, i don't, I don't think, think so it's mostly white red stuff yeah that kind of- yeah so i mean that's you know that's the only thing i have to figure out is how to do that um but i don't i just don't know that it's possible yeah i don't think it is i mean i think that red is the only color that lets you get Unless they were, unless in um, Future Sight there was a car, or was it Future? No, Time Spiral. I think Time Spiral had like cards that uh, 
I can't remember what set it was. It was some weird set, like one of those two, where cards did different things than they normally do. Mm. Like there was a black um, spell that's you now the black spell that like wipes all the all the cards, it destroys all the cards on the table. It's not Doomsday, but it's something like that. Um, but that like black generally can't do that, right? Uh, but in that set, they did that. So, uh, but I don't think that they're probably in that set that. Uh, and even then, even if it was just one combat phase, that still leaves me another turn. Right. So, it, you know, it doesn't completely solve my problem. So, I, I don't know. I, I think, and, and that's, I think, why people don't really use Voltron decks. Because mm-hmm. it, it is very finicky. Yeah. Um, especially in a competitive environment. There's just, like I said, almost every game I've been in, like there are some games that, you know, kind of dirt along when everyone just doesn't have their optimal starting hands. Mm-hmm. Um, where people are kind of hitting each other back and forth, and some one person ends up lasting and winning. Yep. Um, but the majority of games that I play, it typically gets to a point where it's like this person just wins. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, they've with their board states at a certain point. Like they do one thing, we can't respond. They deal infinite damage, or they you know they destroy all our permanents, or I mean something happens to where it's like you win. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean that's I don't know. But I'm going to play it a couple more times and see if I like it. And if not, I may just take it apart because there's a lot of good cards in there that I could maybe use in other decks. Yeah, there's another deck I've been thinking. It's I can't remember what the commander is, but it's a white green commander, and she uh, gives all. I believe she gives all other creatures plus one plus one. Every time that she enters the battlefield, she creates two soldier tokens. So would you just blink her somehow? Yeah, it's it's all about blanking her and then having a bunch of. Well, you could do that a doubling same. season. I mean, you could do all that stuff too, right? And get a bunch of tokens every mm-hmm. time she comes in. And um, you you just add more anthem effects that give plus one plus one. Um, you could have cards like the um, coat, you, coat yeah. of arms, yeah. Um, Which would that's counters, right? Singing counters that coat no, of arms. Coat of arms gives you you it gives you plus one plus one for every creature of the same type. type. So it just yeah. stacks when you get a bunch of tokens, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then one, and then you can use my favorite pla- one of my favorite planeswalkers, which is Elspeth, Sun's Champion. Yeah, um, she's kind of expensive. She's a six drop, but uh, her plus one is add three soldier tokens. Um, her minus two is destroy all creatures tough or strength four or above. Mm. And then her ultimate is give all your creatures. Um, Plus two, plus two, and flying for the rest of the. Game. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's uh, yeah. I've always wanted to play a token deck. I, w- I wanted to do a cat token deck, but I'm not sure that's the best way. The best token deck I've ever played was that Najila Blade Blossom deck. Yeah, and that's just ignorant because mm-hmm. it basically. I mean, you get exponential growth on tokens. Yeah, it's pretty insane. And then once you're using her ability, where you're getting two combat phases, it's like, oh, there were ten tokens last turn. Well, now there's like seventy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> All right, I guess you just win. Um, right. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, my Azuri deck, as far as counters go, I mean, that's probably the best counters deck I've played. Because I mean, pretty good. I mean, every time I play, pretty much, I've got some creature that's like a 20 something something. Mm-hmm. And it'll be something just random. This was like a scoot mob this time, last time, I think. You had that big uh, Hydra, too. That <laughs> the Hydras are, are dirty, Hydras. man. Like, anytime. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When you. That, but that one I played as a morph, I think. That was an Animar. I played yeah, him. Oh, as, I played him as a morph, okay. so I could get more counters on Animar. Um, he's better though. If if I had held on to him and not done that, he would have been better because I could have played him for infinite counters. 
for infinite mana and had yeah. him, he would have also been infinite and he has trample, so he would have been able to do some damage. And then if you killed him somehow, he turns into he, he turns into infinite or... infinite little yeah. <laughs> so I guess you're not dealing combat damage anymore. But um, but yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun though. I don't. I really don't have uh, any desire to build another deck. So I mean I think that I'm pretty happy with the ones I have. Yeah. I mean, there are some small improvements I want to make, but there's nothing like looking at other play, play you know, other play styles. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I like playing Zotto, but I feel like some people cringe as soon as they see that she's No, I mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather you play that than, than play against somebody that has a control deck. Yeah. 100% of the time. Um, and, and I think people don't like your Zotto deck because their control decks don't do anything to it. No. You know, I mean, it's like, for one, you're doing stuff on turn three and four that are like lethal. Mm-hmm. And at that oh, point, and if you're, I mean, if you're countering anything against that deck, like you're counting countering a spell that costs me one, generally, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. The only, I mean, the only good thing to counter is Zada, of course, and then you're you're kind of wasting your whole turn to get rid of Zada. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's not a terrible way to sp- destroy you the next turn, but usually I can get Zada out like turn turn three, three was normally yeah. what I see, and depending on what other goblins you have out at that point. You might already have three or four tokens or mm-hmm. something, you know, and then you're copying your spells yep. five times, six times, and but yeah, I mean it's a good deck. I don't, I don't think anybody cringes. I think they cringe because it's hard to play against. Yeah, but it's not hard to play against, like I said, in a, in a way that feels unfair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, it, I mean it's all it's all based on her. So if you just kill her, I mean, yeah, yeah, without her, that there's nothing in there. Yeah, I mean your little spells, one spell that you know adds plus four plus zero, like that's fine. But it's it's it becomes awful when you have plus four plus zero on all the creatures you have. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a big difference. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, so at a minimum, they're five, like five yeah. power creatures, and yeah, there's you know, ten, twenty of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it adds up quick. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I just wanted to to bring up the fact that you. Uh, Decided to steal my Animar, which is ridiculous. That was a that was a I didn't expect that. I did not. I did not expect that. Um, yeah. What was funny though is I was like, man, you could like, won last turn. Yeah, I was like, I could have just played this last turn and done that. And I was like, I was like, man, I really was glad that you didn't just kill me that turn. I couldn't have. There was no way for me to kill you because <laughs> yeah. the other problem was you had the the real problem was that you had that ra- the one Raptor guy that had Death Touch. Yeah. And I was like, I can't attack you with Animar because you're going to kill him. Yeah. I mean, I'll kill him too, but, you know, I mean, then I'm, then I'm wasting him. And I have to pay the commander cost to get him back. And then I won't be able to get counters on him. So it's dumb for me to attack. Oh, that's why I was only attacking you with uh, Ulamog. Right. You know, and I was, yeah, I guess I just, I was hoping that you having to destroy four of your permanents every turn would lead you to a state of de- being deprived of resources to do anything else. Yeah. It just, I mean... It just worked out slightly in your favor, I think. If, yeah, I think the, that last turn, I just had exactly what I needed, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I mean. I that, mean, that's why I was like kind of mad at myself, because I was like, I should have played this last turn, and then you just destroyed like a bunch of my stuff. And then I think I drew like a land, and then uh, see, that's, I just happened to have just enough. Yeah, I need, uh, I need to... I, I've only had Cloudstone Curio a couple times, but and the Eldrazi are good in that deck. But, I mean, with Cloudstone, they're even better. Right. Because then I would just destroy your whole board, with, you know, bounce them and destroy your mm-hmm. whole board. And then it's like, okay, now I win. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that card's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the other things, I saw some people up at Cardinal 
Um, not when we were there. I think it was one of the weeks you weren't there. But there was a group of people up there playing Dungeons & Dragons. And, um, you know, it's been a while um, since I've played Dungeons & Dragons. But Yeah, we've talked about it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting game. And um, it's good and bad, though. My, my main complaint with it is... Uh, the, the, let's start with the pros. So, it's real open-ended. It, you know, you can make it whatever you want. There are literally almost zero constraints. Yeah. And if you look at the book, I mean, you can even do, I mean, you can adapt it to like the wild, wild west or futuristic stuff. Like there's actual guns and laser weapons and all kinds of stuff like in the books that you can, it doesn't have to be just fantasy. No, it's just a role play. I mean, yeah. it's just a template on how to play a role. Which I think is, I mean, an interesting way because most people just see it as I think it's fantasy. dungeons and dragons and yeah. bards and yep. that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, realistically, it can be whatever you want it to be yep. and you can take it however seriously you want it to be. Actually, the people that I saw playing a Cardinal were role playing to the extent that they were like having conversations in character, mm-hmm. which I never played the game that way. You know, I was more playing it as a game. Right. Like, my character moves here and does this. Yeah. You know, I attack this guy. Or, you know, I mean, I was playing in that sense. I wasn't like, I'm becoming this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I guess I wouldn't want to play in a play group that that's a necessity. But if somebody else that I was playing with wanted to do that, like, I, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um but, you know, I, the cons, though, and this is my biggest complaint with the game, is that it is really tedious, not to necessarily to play, but to set up um, in a couple ways, right? So, like, you, the character creation process is not simple by any stretch of the imagination. No. Especially if you're doing it, like, the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, it is helped with um, somebody created a PDF file they kind of auto filled some of the stuff for you. Yeah. Which really helps. But yeah, I mean you you have to roll all the all your, all stats, your stats up and feet. And I then mean, you, you have pick to pick your feet. You have to pick all your feats. You gotta pick all your weapons uh, and armor. I mean you gotta Yeah, you gotta pick your skills yep. and all that stuff. And then, you know, the the stats that you rolled affect those skills. So you gotta make sure that you do those modifiers and all that kind of stuff. Um so yeah, it's it's definitely not easy, um, but it is. I, I mean, for a lot of people, it is one of the most fun. Oh, parts I didn't of say. I mean, I, yeah, I guess pro, a con. Like I said, I didn't mean the character creation process was bad. Mm-hmm. I just it's tedious and it right. takes time. Yeah. Because um, I remember when when I would play, you know, sometimes like the first day that we would play, quote unquote, D and D, like the majority of that day would be making our characters, and right. we would literally not do anything because by the time we were all done with that. We didn't have enough time to sit through like an adventure. Mm-hmm. So what me and my friends usually do is we just show up with our characters. Like we roll all that stuff before we get there. You how do I know you're not cheating? Well, I mean integrity. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. I um, mean, it's not that serious, anyway. Yeah, right? I mean, realistically, I mean, you're playing with other people, right? You're not playing against them. Yeah. So if you have a extra and I mean, plus if- one on your constitution, like. It definitely doesn't hurt me. I mean, if your guy, if your guy's overpowered anyway, the dungeon master is going to make up for that because you can't see what his stats are. Right. You can't see what he's rolling behind that screen. Yeah. You can't see any of that stuff. So if you have an armor class of 100, he can hit you every time if he wants to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just if you, I mean, and it's pretty obvious if you cheat in, in D&D. Especially I mean, at a like, low level, right? I mean, yeah. You know, especially if if you are um, like experienced with the game, which I, to be honest, I would have probably have trouble to know if someone was cheating or not. 
But like someone that's ran campaigns as a DM, we should be able to look at everybody's like character sheets, and especially yeah. if you're starting at level one, and kind of know like yeah. if this is in the ballpark or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not. I was just joking. I don't think people really cheat. I just think it's well, mainly I mean, people do. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, let's be real. I mean, people do cheat, but I mean, in that um, I don't if you're playing this game for yeah. fun, I mean, it's like what's the point in, in cheating because the dice gods are watching you. Yeah. And they are going to affect your dice rolls because of it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If you don't think that karma is a thing, play play Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Play play any game where dice is heavily important, right? Um, But yeah, I mean, so that that time-consuming process, that's a good strategy, I guess. But again, part of the fun was like talking about your characters and creating. Like, I always enjoyed that. Like, that part of it. Mm -hmm. But I think for, I guess the main part that I think is a con is the time aspect of it. Yeah. And even, and when I say that, I I mean, encompassing the character creation process and the process of actually playing. Like, it's not like, um, you know, like a game of magic or even a, a commander game that might be long might take us an hour and a half. Yeah, it's probably a long commander. Game. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's mm-hmm. not six hours, seven hours plus, which some of those D and D adventures can be. Oh yeah, I mean most of the most of the games that I played have lasted. Well, yeah, I'd say most of them are probably about eight hour days. I mean, you just set aside the whole day. I mean, but that also includes us taking like a lunch break and stuff yeah. like that. And like one of us would like cook and we'd. You know, grill out or whatever and then bs for like an hour take an hour long break and then get back into it and jump on the jump on the reins and start killing some dragons you know <laughs> i've never killed it well i take that back you did go the on. last the last session that i played we killed well you dragon. said you had the dragoon with the uh, pike yeah or pole arm yeah is that the one you killed the dragon with i didn't kill a dragon with that one no i i stopped the dragon in its tracks but i wasn't the one that killed it okay yeah. Regardless, um, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's to me is are the main cons, and, and I say that especially, you know, that was fine when I was in middle school and high school. Like, it didn't matter to take that kind of time to do something. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, if you were to, you know, I mean, we even kind of thought about it like last week when we were discussing this. Like, man, if we had to take, like, like the, the to, we you were like, yeah, we'd mind, we wouldn't mind playing an RPG, and then we were like. When are we going to do that? Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's a big time commitment. When you have other stuff going on and you're working full time, I mean, it's just like, you know, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. I, re- I mean, it really is. I mean, when you consider how much stuff that we've already got going on, like stuff outside of the group, you know, yep. I mean, you've got your your bodybuilding competitions that you're, you know, going to with your, you know, your My clients podcast, and stuff you know, like that, my, your yeah. podcast. And, um, you know, I like to go and, and shoot at paper. Um, so that takes up a lot of a day or even a whole weekend sometimes. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of commitments out there, but you know, like I said, most of the groups that I've been in, we'd meet up like once a month. Um, and that's usually not too hard to do, especially if you're planning it to be like a whole day kind of thing. Like I said, you know, it's a lot more fun when you, when you make a day out of it and you're going to sit, you know, everybody brings like their snacks and everything. And then you grill out, you know, for lunch or, or whatever. And, you know, it makes, it makes it more of an experience than just, we're going to sit here and grind and roll dice, you know? Right. No, it's more of a, I mean, let's be real. I mean, even something like magic commander, the reason that I think both of us like that format is because it's a social format. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, especially when we're playing with people from the group or people that are regulars up at Cardinal, and, and we all understand the rules. You know, it changes a little bit when you're playing with somebody that's not necessarily up with like the up to speed with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you got and everybody kind of needs to explain what they're doing and help right. them. You know, when they have questions and stuff like that, which is totally fine. But you know, when you're typically playing with people that you regularly play with and and people that are up to speed. Like, you're just, I mean, kind of you're just hanging out. Yeah. And I mean, you're playing the game to pass the time, and, and everybody's paying attention and whatnot, but at the same time, there's a lot of conversation that goes on that has nothing to do with Magic right. the Gathering. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I could spend a couple hours up there just talking, and it would... Yeah, it'd know, be fine. Yeah. I would I would not feel like I wasted the day, yeah. you know? And that's my point. And I think <clears> the same <throat> thing goes with, with Dungeons & Dragons. Like, yeah, the game is fun, but realistically, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're doing is getting together with, you know, four to... 10 of your buddies mm-hmm. and, and hanging out and doing something you guys enjoy. And, and, and that's it. Right. I mean, right. it's not necessarily all about, well, okay, I got to kill a dragon today so that I can get to level eight. Right. You know I mean? That's, that's <laughs> like, that's great if that happens. And obviously you probably have that goal, but like, that's not the point of you doing it. Yeah. You know, if, if you were, if you were by yourself, you wouldn't care. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a game you played. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's what speaks volumes. And I think you know more the 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 older I've gotten, the, the more interested I am in games that are like that. Like honestly, um, most you know I, I've always been a big video gamer. And these days, you know, I hear so many people talk like the Spider Man PlayStation game that's come out recently. Which yeah, it I'm, sounds pretty awesome. It like, sounds great. But looking at it, it looks really cool. But, but I'll be honest, like I'm not there. I have zero interest in playing it. Yeah. Because I, I don't I don't want to sit there and play a video game by myself. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I w- I've even I've even considered uh, I've had the itch recently to go back and play Mass Effect, but I'm like I don't have like I have to spend thirty to forty hours to get through all three of those games, and I'm playing by myself. Yeah, like the only way that I would consider it, and and this is simply because I think um, it's such a good story that everybody that likes science fiction or or these kind of you know genres would would enjoy, is like if I played with Cassidy. Like and she could watch and we could make decisions on mm-hmm. picking the conversation choices and whatever. Like in the and in, in that situation we're playing together and I'm not yeah. really playing alone. But like the prospect of me just like hunkering down at my desk and playing a game for eight hours at a time, like with zero interaction with other people. I mean, especially my friends. Like even and I don't even mean like online games. Like if like I tried to play Counter Strike like other competitive shooters by myself. Yeah. Even PUBG by yeah, myself. Yeah, not having anybody. To and talk I was just to. like, was what? Just this so is silly. Like I don't. I have, this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid um, and re- the first Resident Evil came out, um, you know, obviously that's a single player game, but I liked playing it because um, some of my friends would come over, you know, and we'd do like a, you know, a slumber party or whatever, and we'd play Resident Evil in the middle of the night. And so, like, everybody gets scared, you know, when something jumps out and, you know, it's just kind of like a group experience. Like everybody's enjoying it together. Um, I like that a lot more. Like I couldn't, I probably couldn't play Resident Evil today yeah. if I had to play it by myself. Absolutely. <clears throat> I 100% you know, it's just, agree. it's just not the same. You know, we were talking about, you know, the other day playing Destiny uh, 2 or whatever. Um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to play Destiny 2 and I've just, I just haven't played it because I don't know anybody else really that's interested in playing it. Right. I'm not. It's not a game that I'm going to play by myself. Like it's just. I mean, and, and you know, I feel like there's some some hate out there potentially for that kind of like. Well, you're just not. You don't like video game stuff. It's like yeah. no, man. I've played video games since I can remember, mm-hmm. and I've spent hours and hours and hours. I mean, hundreds and thousands of hours yeah. at a computer by myself playing games. But at this point, 
I mean, just like you said, with with everything I've got going on, it's just not something that I can... Yeah, I guarantee you that I put as many hours in video games as 99% of the people on this planet, you know, but it's just, like you said, I mean, you start getting older, and it's like, man, I don't really want to sit in a room by myself and not have anybody to BS with. Like, you know, one of my buddies played Diablo 3 with me um, a couple years ago, and... You know, I go back and play Diablo 3 all the time. And we we went back and played Diablo 3. Um, and I've played it a million times. And it's exactly the same every time I've gone back and played it. But it was still a fun experience because I had, you know, either you or whoever right. whoever else was there to play it. Like, I mean, it's it's even more fun when you've got, like, four people and you can really BS while you're while you're playing that. Oh game yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you and I played through that. I had never played through Diablo three. I played through two. Yeah. When, again, when I was in college and I didn't have anything, I literally was playing it in class because I didn't want to pay attention in class, <laughs> and that was a better alternative for me. But, but like I, ha- I have had Diablo. I've owned Diablo three for like a year and a half, two years, if not more. Mm-hmm. And I've never gotten through like the first forty five minutes of that game. Because I was always trying to do it by myself, and I was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it's, it's then, not really and, a fun game. And, by and then we and then we play. I mean, we started playing together, and it was like two or three days. When we beat the whole thing, you know, we yep. beat the thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just games in general, whether that's a, an RPG sitting at like a tabletop game or a video game or whatever I'm doing. I mean, it just feels much. I don't have you know, it's not fun for. It is fun for me to do it by myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel the joy in it is coming from the social aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what other RP- have you played any other RPGs besides um, Dungeons and Dragons? Um, so the first one I ever actually played when I was a kid was Vampire the Masquerade. Um, I've never heard of that one. It's um, it's pretty fun. I mean, I ha- I don't I don't know if they even still make it anymore. But uh, you know, like when. <laughs> When I was in like middle, late middle school, early high school, I, w- I went through like this goth phase, and so like everything, like I loved vampires and and werewolves and stuff like that. Because you it's, still it's do part of. I fun. mean, I I do still, but I don't wear all. Well, I, sometimes I wear all black, but I don't usually wear all <laughs> black anymore. And, uh, I don't paint my nails or anything like that anymore, and I don't. I definitely don't wear fishnet anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, so part of that was like I liked vampire stuff so i got into playing vampire the masquerade and what's what was actually interested about playing in that game is i didn't actually play it with any of my friends like at a table i played it in a like an online chat room really yeah so it was like it was actually with people that i didn't know at all that's kind of interesting yeah but it, it it was a lot of fun um it's hard for me to even remember exactly how the game worked but, you know, basically there were these different gangs of uh, vampires. Um, like you had Nosferatu, which were these... Uh, they were basically your stereotypical, like, gross vampires. Like, you know, the original vampire movie, the, I think it's called Nosferatu. Like that kind of look where they're like gangly and just kind of gross looking. Um, you had Gangrel, which were shapeshifters. Okay. Um, so they were vampires that could turn into like werewolves and stuff, which is obviously what I was. That's just sounds cool. badass, yeah. Um, and then honestly, I can't remember the names of any of the <laughs> vampire clans, but there's a bunch of them. There were some video games that came out um, based on that. I can't remember the name of any of those either. But uh, I never played any of them. That's why I, I can't remember anything about those. <laughs> um, but that, it was pretty fun. 
Um, I played a game called Rift, which was I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah that was, it's like a futuristic based one, yep. and you you get in like like you can earn uh, your way up to being like a mech pilot kind of thing, which was pretty cool. Um, I never got to the point where I had a mech, but I always aspired to one day have one in that game. <laughs> um, what other RPGs have I played? Um, that might be, well, I played this Diablo. Actually, I played this little Diablo RPG that was based off Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it was kind of like a quick play kind of thing, um, where you had little miniatures and you had a board that was kind of set up, and you you played your way through that. Um, Hero Quest. I know that's not your like typical role playing mm. RPG, but it was it was a um, I think it was a Milton Bradley game, so it was a really? board game. Yeah, um, and there was a dungeon master, um, but everything was like pre made. So. Yeah, I mean, if it's Milton Bradley, right? Yeah. Like it's going to be more of a, a pre constructed experience yeah. for for typical consumers. Yeah. So you had the dungeon master that controlled all the stuff, and he set up the boards and stuff like that. But that was actually probably one of the most fun ones that I played. Um, you had to be the barbarian. He was well, he's awesome. probably the best. Yeah. He, he was the best. He looked the best. Um, he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any other like tabletop RPGs that I play. I probably played more, but uh, Munchkin, that's kind of, <laughs> Yeah, that's like not really little, an RPG. It's I mean, a it's card not, game. I it's mean. not, but it's kind of you know, it has a lot of RPG elements in it. It's a fun little game. If you've never played, Munchkin, yeah, that's one of the that's really fun. Munchkin. I mean, all the versions of that are fantastic. Yeah. I um, need to get the Rick and Morty version. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really need to get the. Um, it's been a long time since I've played Munchkin. I yeah, I can't even remember exactly how to play. I it's know kind you of funny get level, because whoever gets know, to level ten first wins. That's all. I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because. Um, you know, everyone, and I guess Cards Against Humanity just is fun, but it's not always up my creek. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's, it's, I guess I just don't necessarily find over the top things funny mm-hmm. all the time. And that's what everyone tries to do, right? right. I'm going to make this ridiculous thing. And to me, I'm like, all right, whatever. I just get bored of it because it's like the same stuff. Like, yeah. oh, ridiculous, vulgar joke, ridiculous, vulgar joke. I'm like, yep. this looks like I'm, I feel like I'm watching a bad R rated comedy movie. <laughs> um, it's just not really funny, right? Right. Um, but that, Munchkin. Now that's a fun social game that requires. It's similar in the fact that it doesn't really require any time investment. Mm-hmm. The rules are simple. Um, it's funny. It's fun. It's kind of competitive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it has all those same elements, but to me, it's just a little more more fun. And yeah. and it's nerd related, you yeah. know, quote unquote. Um, so that's I I would prefer to play that every time over something like. Apples to apples or cards against humanity, right? I mean, for for sure, especially considering there's a ton of different variations. Like you said, Rick and Morty. I mean, I'm sure there. I think there's I mean, a, there, there's, there's like a Star a Wars one. I mean, like yeah, pretty much, right? I, I mean, mean they still get ran with it. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um. So yeah, 100. That's a, that's a really good game. Um, role playing game. I think the only two role playing games, like tabletop RPGs, roll dice type games, I've ever played are um, Dungeons and Dragons and then the Wizards of the Coast Star Wars role-playing game. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that I probably played more. We My playgroup would alternate kind of between the two. Uh, we might play a little mini D&D campaign for a month and then... Because we would play like every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't take, you know... And we would... One of my favorite things that we did, especially after we had played a few, um, was we would go ahead and like pre-level our characters. Yeah, we did that some, too. You know, because starting it, it's just more fun. You know, I mean, not that you need to be OP, because like you said, the DM scales the experience to you. Mm-hmm. So 
even if you're level five, like it doesn't make the game easier. Oh no. Um, in fact, a lot of times it's harder. Um, but for me, the, the fact that you have more variety and the things that you can do. Yeah, it makes you your have turn more choices. last a little bit longer. So yeah, you, can... you have more choices. You have more skills. You have more feats. You can do cooler stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel more epic. Like, like really, like, like levels one through five, like, you're just kind of like, all right, so I run over here and I attack the goblin. Mm-hmm. Like, I hit him with my sword. Like, that, that's all there is to do. Right. Because in, in the things that are available to you, that's, all, that's the only options you have. Yeah, and I mean, most characters don't really come into their own until, like, five. Like you said, five is about where your character, your at least your class, starts feeling like it's that class. Like, most of the fighter classes are about the same. Like, you run up and you hit something with a weapon, and you might have some kind of modifier because you're an assassin or something right. like that. Or you might uh, roll cer- a certain set of dice because you have a two-handed sword as opposed to a one-handed sword or... You might have a like some kind of shield buff that you can have or right. whatever, but it's pretty much the same thing. And then yep. mages are really boring until you hit like until level five or something cool like that spells, because their yeah. spells, their spells are awful, and they hardly have any spells that they can cast because they only have like two or three spell slots. So you get like your one spell off per fight, and then you're like praying that you get a long rest so that you can recharge your spell slots yep. and otherwise you're just like standing there like i hope nobody dies and if anybody dies i'll or if anybody gets knocked down i'm gonna come over there and i'm just gonna i'm gonna patch you up a little bit and hopefully i'm useful that way <laughs> yeah yeah but i so well that was one of my favorite things that we did was go ahead and take our characters to level five or ten or something mm-hmm. just so it was a little more fun you got cooler weapons and armor and you felt more heroic that right. way um and, but then the Star Wars RPG was probably my favorite, A, because I prefer Star Wars over fantasy, probably. Um, but, man, that was... Uh, I just thought it was a good game. I, don't, I mean, it was it really didn't feel too different than D&D. Mm-hmm. I mean, the framework was basically the same. Right. I mean, you know... And, and realistically, any... It's converging design, right? So if, if you have something that's a really good way to do something... Eventually, all the things that are trying to do that do it the same way. Right. Why are there four wheels on all cars? Because mm-hmm. that's the best way to build a car. Yep. You know what I mean? Same thing, right? You take a role playing tabletop role playing game. There are only so many ways to do that. And since Dungeons and Dragons has endured the test of time and has been around for so long and changed, I mean, that's their their rule book is probably the pretty close to the best way to do it. Right. So any other role playing game, just like World of Warcraft, right? Like, why are all the MMOs just like World of Warcraft? Because mm-hmm. that's the best model, quote unquote, best best model of an RPG that's come out. So everything feels like they need to do it that way. Yeah, um, which may be a good or bad. You know, it may not always be a good thing, but in general, um, I think it makes it easy to switch from one to the other, which is always good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just had a lot of fun. There was a the entry campaign for that was like a pre constructed little campaign that you could do. Um, was called. Like assault on theed or something. It was based. You are basically playing um, from episode one, where the battle droids have taken over theed. Okay, and you've got to you know go take it back and, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and that may have actually had like a little board that came with it and little miniatures and stuff. So it was like a mix between a table, like a like a prepackaged board game and a role playing game. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of you know like similar to the Milton Bradley one you mentioned, probably. Although this one probably it had the potential to scale past that. Like, yeah, like you played within that campaign, you could create your characters and play that pre constructed mission, and then you could use those same characters and character sheets and keep leveling them up and, and go do other missions. Yeah. Um. So it was a lot of fun. Um. I was always a Syrian. 
in in the game Syrian Jedi. I don't remember which class of Jedi. Probably not the Consular. Probably a Jedi Knight. Um, but uh, the Syrians are the guys that like Kayati Mundi is the Syrian in the sea. He's got the, the conehead guys. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those. I don't know why. I just always was. It does seem, that does seem kind of random. I know. I don't know why. Like, I that does him. not like if if I were going to look at all the Jedi and pick like a Jedi race or a race of Jedi. I don't know that I'd pick the Coneheads. They had some like intelligence or wisdom modifier that made their use of the Force better. That was one of the reasons. Um, I see you're a power game, and is what you're saying. Well, I mean, (laughs) is there any other way to game really? Um, And then the 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 guy that I played with, so it was three of us, um, and obviously, so I never DM'd. Uh, I guess I just I don't know why, and I'm really not probably creative enough to create like a fun adventure. Yeah. I would power games at the end, like, and you guys have to fight a Balrog. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I've considered trying it before, but it's just like you said, I just don't have the I don't know that I have the imagination for it. If I ever did it, I would want to do some kind of pre constructed campaign. Yeah, you know, I'm fine. I'd be fine with that too, right? Where it's where I'm, I, I just don't want to be responsible for everybody's fun. Yeah. And telling a good story. Yeah. Um, but if I was reading through somebody else's story and I was just controlling the NPCs. You know, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, but so basically, I, you know, if my play group of three, one of them would DM Dungeons and Dragons and the other one would DM Star Wars and I would just play both. There you go. Um, but then uh, the other player was usually a Keldor uh, Jedi Consular. So um, he, that was, the Keldor's like Plo Koon, the guy's like, he's orange with the face mask. Okay, yeah. Um, which, that's a pretty cool character. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, and we, I mean... It's kind of fun. We you know we do like uh, little. I remember one campaign was like we were tracking down some criminal on Coruscant, so we had to like go to bars and talk to people. You know, I mean, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I just it was if you have somebody that tells a good story, it's fun. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's straight up. I, I mean, mean, we talk about that a lot. I mean, pretty. It's all much, about the story. Right? It's all about the story, man. Like, <laughs> it's all about having that compelling an interesting story that you can just bury your mind into. I mean, cause like, let's be real, like daily life. I mean, it can be a drag, <laughs> you know, not a lot of exciting stuff happens to most of us. Um, you're just kind of yeah, going I'm definitely to work. not uh, tracking criminals on Coruscant. Yeah. So the ability to do that is kind of fun. Yeah. So having these stories that you can kind of step into and thankfully step out of, cause I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to live. Oh, I would. Well, 100%. If you gave me the choice, of going and being a an orc barbarian or not an orc a, a dwarf barbarian in my in my life was waking up and and going to hunt dragons and and raiding dungeons to find treasure. Yeah, but what about the downtime when you're doing that? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems. I mean, you wouldn't have computers. You wouldn't. Yeah, have but it wouldn't games. matter. I mean, I mean, I get. <laughs> you know, you'd obviously have a different perspective on things, right? But, but like. I lot. also wouldn't have to get up every day and and go to a job that's that's not the greatest. I mean, but you, but would you not though? Like because if you're if you're this dwarf, you still have a mundane like when you're not chopping down dragons, like you have some kind of mundane tasks that you're doing every day. You know Do what I'm saying? Though? Like well, I mean, I mean we I did mean, in the look, we did in the army. I'll just Well, <laughs> you were in the army though. You weren't in in Middle Earth. You know, yeah, I mean, well. look at look at I mean, look at the Hobbit, right? I mean, you have the guys in the Shire who Look all, at the Hobbit and how much of that story was just them walking. <laughs> that, well, that's most of it. I mean, if you're going on an adventure, but realistically, if you didn't have, I mean, think about that. If we were like, we didn't have to pay bills, 
You know, it was just like, we want to go over here and uh, get this, this, the Arkenstone from this dragon. So, oh yeah, but that's on the other side of the continent. And we got to walk. Yeah. I mean, fuck, let's go. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to hike Especially the Appalachian Trail. Especially if you had Trail, but, and uh, you didn't have to worry about socks and shoes and <laughs> blisters. and I don't know, man. I, I don't think that I would want to do it. Um, so, like, I like the highlights, and that's usually what you're going to get in an RPG, because surely you're not going to go to your buddy's house and talk about walking for eight hours, because that would be miserable. Yeah, you talk about it, and it goes like this. You guys walk for eight hours, and yeah. you arrive at... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, But I wouldn't want to be doing that part for the whole time. Like, I don't know. So but I take I, a left step, then I take a right step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Um, but I guess it just comes with the territory to a certain extent. I, I guess... I just I feel like we don't ever in our lives ever get to do epic things, which is one of the reasons that any of this stuff is is interesting mm-hmm. and it and it's fun, right? Is yeah. because you get to be somebody. Whether you're playing a video game, playing a, a magic like Magic the Gathering, the card game, I mean, it doesn't matter. The 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 reason it's fun is because you get to do something really cool. Yeah, and you get to be epic, and you get to do these things that we don't get to do. I mean, our existence is basically. Wake up, go to work, pay the bills, take the dog out to the go to the bathroom. Like, like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you might work. occasionally go out to a nice dinner. That, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> but realistically, there are a very small percentage of people that get to be Elon Musk and get to create tunnels under. You know, I mean, yeah, th- that's a vi- like. I, but again, even him, I mean, he's got those mundane days where he's just grinding. I know, but my point. Know? But but my point is. That's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the highlights, right? You said you play for the highlights. Yeah. Well, I would much rather have my highlights be, um, you know, jumping off buildings in Coruscant with a lightsaber ignited to catch a, a bounty hunter. Yeah. Then, oh, I get to go to Gatlinburg this weekend. Right. Like, I mean, let's be real. So if we if we equate the the mundane tasks that that are going to be in everybody's lives, but we could go to Gatlinburg. And play RPG. <laughs> <laughs> we could, yeah, that'd be true. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't. I, I'm. I do like RPGs, and at some point in the in the future, I'd like to get one going again. Yeah, there's a couple other ones that I'm interested in playing. Like there's uh there's two that they came out with in the Warhammer 40k universe. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, so there's Rogue Trader, which is there a Necromunda one? It's kind of surprising. If Rogue Trader is kind of kind of like that, but you're. I mean, it's kind of set in a similar kind of world, um, but it's it's a little bit more high class. Like you can go down into the the depths of like Necromunda and stuff like that in Rogue Trader, um, but you're more of like a bounty hunter kind of thing. Okay. Or um, you know, you're you're not a space marine in Rogue Trader. I guess I'll just put it that way. Like there's a lot of different positions within the Imperium that you could be in Rogue Trader, and that can seems be like a really heretic? fun one. Um, I guess if everybody was heretics, or you could just be you. You and the DM could know that you were a heretic. That would be a very interesting way to play it. Like, you know, the whole dang time, like every, you're you're I'm on sabotaging team, the crew, but you're like slightly sabotaging things, and then finally, like the last battle, it's like you reveal yourself and you've been this chaos lord the whole time. <laughs> I, I open the warp, and and blood letters come out. Exactly, <laughs> and then so the other, and then the other one that I'd like to play is Kill Team, which is where you are a Space Marine. Yeah, that'd be fun. I didn't um, know there was a tabletop RPG for that. I thought it was just yeah. a little. 
Um, now I don't know if there's like if you use miniatures in those ones. Well, you or if could. It's just, yeah, I'm just saying like if they're based around that. I don't. I mean, e- either way, it doesn't matter. I mean, a miniature is just a representation of your character. Right. So, I mean, you could technically play the kill team game without miniatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to have some other way of spatially recognizing things. Yeah. Miniatures just happen to be a good way to do that. Right. I mean, when we would play D and D, sometimes I mean. I don't think we we had he would you would draw maps and then we would draw grids on grid paper mm-hmm. of like the dungeon, you know what I mean like the the town maps were kind of just on white paper kind right. of just sketches of like well there's an inn over here and there's the, a blacksmith over you know I mean that kind of thing but but then when we were in the dungeons I remember he used I don't think we had tiles at this point maybe we did at some point but I remember when we first started we were just playing with grid paper. Okay. And saying like, well, you know, each little one inch square is you can occupy that. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I don't think we had little pieces of paper or something to like, like show where we were. Right. Um, We may have even at one point just like written on the paper and erased it when we moved and stuff. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I mean, but there's no, you could use a miniature for that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing that says you can't. So I don't know that it matters one way or the other. I mean, to me, if you, if you have a miniature. I'd much rather play with miniatures. Well, sure. Like, I just like that. It just puts me more into it. Well, and I mean, I think it, it, I mean, for me personally, it would allow me to better take in the situation. If I'm trying to make decisions and I can physically see like a layout and it's 3D, right. I mean, you know, like you said, and plus it's, it's, it's more immersive than just writing on a white piece mm-hmm. of paper, like X's and O's, right? Like you guys are the O's and the enemies are the X's, yep. you know I mean? That's kind of silly. Um, one one of the things that's kind of interesting about role playing games, though, is that uh, it's not always like the the real epic moments that are the the things that you remember. Um, like I can look back at a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons games that I played, and it's just like the funny, ridiculous moments. Um, tend to be the ones that kind of stand oh, out. Of it's course. not when you kill no. the dragon that has ten thousand hit points. It's when you you pick up a goblin and you go to throw him off the edge and you roll a one and you, you roll a freaking one and you almost fall off the edge with it um and somebody you know somebody the last second just happens to catch you right before you fall off the edge or or that time that uh, you know the druid turned into you know a squirrel and ran across a rope or something like that and then somebody lit the rope on fire from the other side and so you know he's just trying to get to the other side (laughs) before he catches on fire and you know those little those little moments that uh you know usually they're gonna have a little bit of humor in them i mean i like i like a good a bit of humor in in dungeons and dragons why you always see the memes like it's like this serious um this serious party where you know it's uh, somebody from Lord, you know, a group from Lord of the Rings or whatever, and then the, in the next one, it's like Monty Python. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's so true because it's it's what's memorable. You know, it's it's what's the most fun is just joking around. Well, you're again, and doing it goes back to just having fun with your friends, right? Right. I mean, yeah, you're playing a game and you have serious goals that you have to accomplish to play the game, but you're just having fun with your friends. Yeah. So there's going to be some silly shit that happens. You know, I, I think I told you about one of my character, one of my first Dungeons and Dragon characters that I ever played was a paladin that had like really, really high charisma and really, really low intelligence. Like I think his intelligence was like an eight. So it's like a negative, negative intelligence. One, yeah. And so the way that I played him was like, I just imagined him as like Gaston, like, <laughs> Like so, he's like this really. I don't know. He he's just got like 
a lot of character to him, but he's just a freaking idiot, you know? And he's like, you know, he's got this like great smile and like, he's, he's compelling. Um, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but he's just babbling on about just the stupidest shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like this plan is really stupid, but <laughs> we're going to do Jenkins, it anyway <laughs> because this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've played any of these. I don't even remember the characters that I've created and, and what they were like. Again, really, for me, I was playing the game as a game, mm-hmm. more or less. So I wasn't really worried about creating a persona. And I don't know. I think in the next... In the, Maybe. Try to, try to work on that part. Because I, I think it really adds a lot to it. I know that you said you prefer to play it the other way. And, you know, I wouldn't want to force you into playing it a certain way. But I think that if you kind of take it from that first person perspective of the game, instead of it just being an avatar that you're using, I think, I think it really it's adds harder a little to power bit. game that way. Yeah. Well, Dungeons and Dragons, we have to turn the power down a little bit sometimes, but, uh, no man, I'm you know. strapped up with Thor's hammer and the Holy hand grenade and <laughs> we're coming for it. Well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'd like to find some time in the near future to, to do that. I think at least, to, to you know, I may not like it anymore. I don't know either. It's been so long, and maybe I'm not. I'm, it's nostalgia for me, but yeah, um, it'd be cool to real explore that and see if it's something that I want to do regularly because mm-hmm. um, it's really not expensive. Yeah, it it really does come down to that dungeon master, though. Like if he's if he comes up with a good story and he's able to to keep it compelling, you know, he's it gonna make it, he's gonna make a such a huge difference. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? Um, and kind of, we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but on the topic of RPGs, um, Diablo is probably the, for me, the best incarnation of an RPG in a video game. Um, I, I think Dungeons and Dragons feeling RPG. Let me put it that way. There are plenty of other good RPGs where even where the character creation is better and and it's more following the template of like a Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. type thing. But as far as the feel... I always got that feel from from Diablo, where you're like, "All right, we're gonna go kill these monsters, and we're gonna, you know, equip our characters with stuff that we find, and we're gonna and loot co- their bodies, collect and- gold, <laughs> and yeah, and, and you know, we're gonna go through these dungeons. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the other the other games don't necessarily have that same feel, like because mm-hmm. you know when you play a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, a lot of it is just like single serving, little like, all right, you're doing this, you're here, and you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in Diablo, like that's what it feels like, like. Oh, we're over here. We're going to go down in this little crypt. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Whereas some of the other RPG games, there's this big overarching plot. And the whole time you're like doing epic things all the time. And they all have like these big implications for the plots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really just like we need some different armor. So we're going to go kill some shit. Yeah. I mean, I think that Diablo is one of the most fun gaming experiences that I've ever had. And then, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole... Like, it is a group-based game. I mean, you can play Diablo all the way through and do everything you need to do by yourself, but it's nowhere near as fun yeah. as when you have other people. Like, I've probably told you this story before, but when I when I was a kid, I came here to Kentucky to visit my dad. I used to live in Texas, and uh, I, play, I played a lot of Diablo 1 at that time, and I loved the game so much that I, you know, I was here for like two weeks, I think, for Christmas break or whatever. That I was like begging my dad to buy me the game again so that <laughs> I could play it here because I didn't even think about bringing it. bringing my copy of it. 
Um, and he wouldn't do it. Um, you know, he's like, you already got a copy of it. Like I'm not buying, you another one. I was like, okay, whatever. So I downloaded the demo of the game and I just played the demo. The How long time. did that demo take to download? Uh, I mean, it probably took a couple hours to download. Which is hilarious, because that is not a big file, no. I guarantee it. No, it's probably, I mean, at most, like, what, 250 megabytes or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, there's nothing That's why I think it's, it's just funny to think about that, right? Like, yeah. it took you hours to yeah, download. Yeah, because I was downloading on a 56K modem. Oh, yeah. Know? So, but yeah, I mean, I play, and the demo was only, like, the first two levels of the game, but you knew those levels. But like the man, back of your hand. did I play the hell out of those two levels? But the main thing was, you still got on BattleNet, so even if you were playing the demo, you could still go into the chat rooms with all your friends. Oh, okay. So I could still talk to all my friends. So that's that's mainly what I would do is I get on there and talk to my friends, and then occasionally we'd jump into a game or whatever. Because even I think. I think even in the demo, like I could still go into games with other people. I just couldn't go past the second level or something like that. It was it was something weird like that. I, I could be wrong, but I think that that's what I remember it being like, which was really funny. Um, you know, so I just go in a game and I just talk to people while they cleared out the whole rest of the game. But I'm sitting there just talking and <laughs> and killing and walk, running around the cows in town and <laughs> do wishing I could do stuff with everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's fun. I, I love the, the story is good. The world is good. Um, the art is some of my favorite. The music, the yeah, music the is really good. That's what I mean. Like that the game or just, that's what I mean by the world. Like, yeah. it's just good. Like you, you get in that game and you feel like, all right, I'm really in this like dingy little town. It's like some spooky's going on. Yeah. No one knows what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And like, Diablo 2 is really where you get a lot of that. I yeah. mean, the the sound effects, the music. I mean, like, if I hear the music from that game, like, it's just instant nostalgia. And <laughs> and I played, uh, at this point, I might have played more Diablo 3 than I played Diablo 2 just because I've been well, playing it for so, you know, yeah. so, so long. Um but I would go back and play Diablo 2 right now. Like, I would fire it up and I would happily play that game right now. Um, and I Maybe still remember should. I still remember some of the best items in that game. And they were, you know, and, and just the feeling of getting some of those items. That's, that's the thing about Diablo 2 was that you, the rare drops were really rare in that game. Whereas in Diablo 3, I mean, you can run through a rift or something like that and you can get the same item to drop twice in one rift. You know what I'm saying? Like rare stuff wasn't that rare. And and granted, it's a different time. Like people are not as patient as they were back then. Like people don't don't like to grind um and spend yeah, all don't. day trying to get, you know, that specific piece. Um but in Diablo 2, I mean, that was kind of the thing. Like you did grind, you did have to spend a lot of time trying to level up like the maximum level was level 99, and I don't think I ever got a character to level 99. And I played, like I said, I played the hell out of that game. <laughs> um, granted, like, the servers would reset, you know, after so long, and it would, re you know, you'd have to start a new character or whatever. Um, so that was kind of part of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the experience of playing that game, and it, it's like there's not even much going on in the game. Like, really, you're just walking around clicking on stuff. You might occasionally yeah, which push is, a button. Which is one of the one of the reasons I like it. Yeah, 
Because the mechanics are not complicated. No. But what is complicated is understanding... The, I would much rather have a, 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 a very narrow, simple... Well, I don't even want to say they're simple. The base mechanics are really simple. Mm-hmm. The high-level mechanics are not. No. But they come from a very narrow group of things. So you're not like learning this massive like onslaught of of abilities and weapons and like you're not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, you've only got four skill like there's just not a whole lot that goes on and and you've got to just find ways to optimize that. And your ability even when you're playing at a high level, like there you're not doing anything different than the guy that's playing like brand new. But you've optimized all those processes and combinations and things. Sometimes they're trial and error, probably, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like you've just gotten way better at doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. But realistically, you and the guy that just started playing that game are just running around clicking on shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean there, and you know, and that's part of the fun to me because it's like you start out and you're clicking on stuff and and you're not and nothing's really happening. Right, and then by the end of the game, you're clicking on shit, and everything's just blowing up. Yeah, that, I mean that is pretty. <laughs> and it gets to be like, a fun when feeling when you're like, and, "All right, you're just destroying everything." Yeah, you're just murdering everything on the battlefield, and like sometimes you're killing stuff that's not even on the screen yet. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I mean, if if there were one game that was the last game that I could ever play, or was the game that I could, oh, the only game I could play for the rest of my life, it would probably be Diablo. I don't know which one. Though. I was going to say I, that's. I don't know if I'd pick Diablo two or three. Yeah, well, if you could only really play tough. Diablo one, I would play Diablo two. Yeah, I liked it better. Um, I did like the art style a little better, even though the graphics weren't as good. Obviously, yeah. I mean, but the time for the time, the graphics were pretty good. But yeah, yeah. I mean, comparatively, yeah, it's they're um, they're kind of bad. But well, that, I don't even want to call them bad. They're just different. It's a different time. I, you yeah. can't look at a game like Half Life and say the graphics are bad. Right. Because it's like well, that game's twenty years old, man. Like, right? Um, you know, they're good for what what it is, um, and I still think Diablo Two is one of the exceptions. But it holds up really well. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I can play it today. The biggest and... issue I think is with the the scaling, the aspect ratio. Yeah. So I don't think it's in sixteen nine. No, I think the highest you can get seven twenty. You know, that's resolution, but or, well, I'm talking aspect ratio, which is like length times. Width. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more meant to be on a square screen. Yeah. Versus a, a you know a wide screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you can fix that. There are there are, there are um, I don't know what you a mods that will fix that. Um, but realistically, I like the art style better. I like the world better. I like the character or the uh, character classes better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were only going to play one more, I mean, the fact that things take so long to get, I think that's a, a big plus, right? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. then you have a goal. Like it's not like you know you you maybe let's say you played Diablo three for the next year, like you'd have all the shit you wanted to have. Yeah, I mean, in in, in three months, I could probably max out every character in that. You know what I mean? And in Diablo two. In a year, I probably wouldn't get everything for one class. <laughs> you know so what you I mean? see what I'm saying? That just yeah. adds to the, the variety of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gives you more like open-ended possibilities. But but yeah, I mean, I th- it, it is a timeless game series. If you guys haven't played it, go play it. It's it's classic. Um, like Chris said, it's not it's not one of those games you need to invest a lot of time into, especially Diablo three. No, you pick it up pretty quick. You understand what's going on pretty quick. You understand how to be good at the game pretty quick. 
Um, and even if you're not good at the game, you know, put it's not, you put it on you easy. Like I said, you, yeah, you don't have to be good at that game. No, you, you put <laughs> it on easy it and literally you just go through and click some shit. And it's honestly just as fun. Yeah. Like and it when really it, is. When it stops being a challenge, like at, that's one of the other things I like about it is at any time you can, change you can the increase difficulty. the difficulty. Um, and it's a challenge again. It was kind know? of funny because when we were playing, um, we had, you were changing the difficulty and I didn't even know it. Yeah. And we, like I remember... I was like, do you think we should bump the difficulty up? Because we were like kind of rolling through everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I've already done it like twice. And I'm like, what? I don't even pay attention, man. Um, but but again, I mean, it's not hard. And I think it's just a good pastime. You can pick it up for, you know, 20 minutes to an hour or something. And oh, still yeah. still have, get a good amount done and feel like you played a game. You know, some games when you're like, I've only got 30, 40 minutes to play. Yeah, I you mean, might as well not even turn it on. Yeah. I mean, but that game, it's like, no, I've, I'll actually get through a dungeon or I'll, I'll go you know, I'll be able to run some riffs or something if you're. Yeah, I think most game. of the times that we played, I mean, we only had like an hour or two. Yeah, at the at most. The most yeah. At the very most. Um, and it, it's actually about. I think it's about to come out on the Switch because I, I sent yeah. you that that special edition Switch with Diablo <coughs> on it, Excuse which me. I was thinking about getting. But I also like that special edition Switch with the uh, Smash, Smash Brothers, Brothers on. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I, I really want it. it <laughs> I don't even like. I, I'll probably only play it like four times in a year or something like that. But that, but it'll be really fun those four times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, so Diablo. The reason I wanted to bring that up, well, a because it's a pretty pretty. It's on the similar topic of of role playing games, but the other thing that's really cool is it's been a while since we've had anything new Diablo mm-hmm. wise. Um, and BlizzCon, which is Blizzard's convention, I think it's an annual convention. Um, there's some real speculation that we might get. Like the next Diablo, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with that, and I really hope that they learn their lessons from three and don't try to do some of the stuff they tried to do with three. Because when origi- when three first came out, I would not have advised that game to anybody because the auction house. Well, I mean, there was the auction house. Um, you it, couldn't be a crusader, which was dumb. Yeah, there was no crusader. There was no necromancer. Um, but it just. It just wasn't a good game when it first came out. I mean, it's it was really, really hard um, for the sake of being hard. Like, the difference between, like, Hell Mode and Torment 1 was just so astronomical that, like, basically you couldn't advance in that game unless you just got really lucky and got some weapon to drop that was like, really good. Yeah, random number of Jesus was on your yeah. side that day, right? Yeah. And... It was really hard to find weapons that got you to the point where you could go to the next tier. Um, and usually they weren't even really that good. They just kind of got you by. And I don't know. It, well, they, I think they probably did, right? Yeah. I mean, I think because everyone loved the challenge in Diablo 2. Right. And they probably were like, well, let's make it even harder. You yeah. know, but then they don't realize, like, nobody wants to, like, sit there and beat their head in against the wall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just not fun. If, it, it, especially in a game where there's really not a whole lot of strategy, which is like mm-hmm. what I was talking about earlier. Like, it is pretty much random number generation. I mean, yeah. in, in your ability to stack abilities and, and weapons and, and, and basically have synergistic things going on that make the random numbers always kind of in your favor. Yep. I mean, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no strategy. Like, there's not. There's no, like, I can hide over here and I can beat this AI's program. I mean, that right. doesn't happen. Yeah, the whole point of that game is just run through and smash stuff as quickly as possible. So, so, but in a game where there's no strategy and it's all random numbers, 
making that hard is just, I mean, yeah, it's just I would making just quit. it take more time. I would just quit because, yeah. like, what am I doing? I'm not going to fight an impossible computer program. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to win. Right. You know, I mean, and there was no real end game to it either. Like, there was the torment levels, which were basically you just going back and playing the game again on higher difficulty, which. That's it, what the older games yeah, did. Yeah, it was, but they kind of, I mean, the older games kind of wore that out. And, you know, and like, people expect a lot more from games now. Um, they couldn't put that kind of stuff in the old games. You know, it wasn't easy to just update a game and add a whole lot of content like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they eventually added the rifts, um, the greater rifts, and they added all these different uh, monsters that you could fight, like the the uh, Uber, um, the Uber Prime Prime Evils, which were like just really hard versions of them, and then they dropped. Like these keys that allowed you to get, you know, different items and stuff like that. Oh, we haven't like fought any of those. No, we haven't. We we can go back and fight them though. Mm. Um, but probably have to start over now that season's probably over. Uh, you can still play that character though oh. on the, on a non season account or whatever. But yeah, they add that was. I mean, that was another thing they added was seasons, which they had the latter well, before, the, but the seasons actually reset. And you lost like everything went to a non ladder thing, so you couldn't. You couldn't bring a lot of stuff with you. In D2? In, in D- Diablo 3. So, but yeah, that's my point is that pretty much existed in D2. Like you were saying with server resets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what was happening. Yeah. They were just refreshing everything. Right. I mean, well, they were maybe doing it for hardware reasons, limitations, but at the same time, it accomplished the same thing. So right. season is just the same, iter- a new iteration of that. Yep. Where you don't lose your shit. Right. And But the thing with the season was you got, like you, when... The character was a non-seasonal character. You could still just play them just like they were part of the season, right? In a separate thing, but I don't think you could do that in Old Diablo Two. Okay, I don't remember. Exactly no, you, how I don't that think worked. you could either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. if the, I mean, back well, that was probably late '90s, right? Yeah. I mean, if the server reset, I mean, that was that was it. Yeah, they they wiped it. You know, um, at least most of the stuff that I've had experience with when they did that back in the day, it was mm-hmm. like a you know, guess what? You're starting over again. Um, which it is what it is, but you know, I think there's there's speculation that you know, people are looking at the order of events at the the conference at the convention, um, and and where their new game announcements are normally placed in the programming, what stage they're on, and it all seems to line up to point to we're getting a new Diablo thing, and we've had their Diablo, and I don't know if it was a developer there, or one of their public relations per people, or whatever, somebody on Twitter, or even a video, I think I don't remember all the specifics, but. They had, someone at, at Blizzard had announced that they are working on several Diablo projects. Right. Um, and so then to find out that, okay, they're getting this big slot on the main stage pretty much at the same the same slot that all the major releases mm-hmm. are put. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's most likely a new Diablo game. Now, right. whether that's Diablo 4, we don't know, right? Um, some people have speculated it might be like an MMO. Some people, you know, I mean, they're speculating. There might be, hell, it might be a mobile game. You know, we don't know yeah. what it's going to be, but we, we, I think people are fairly confident that could be a card game. It could be. I mean, yeah, I don't, not that that would do very well, but um, you know, I think everyone is trusting that the signs are pointing to we're getting some new Diablo game. Yeah, we just don't know what that is yet, but um, I'd be cool with an MMO depending on what it was. I'm, scared yeah, I would, of, I'm so scared of an MMO because it's like an MMO is never just a pickup and play. It's for not. Like an it's hour not. Game. It's an investment. There yeah. is no way around it. 
And like the end game, like you have to be invested in the game to play the end game in any MMO. Yeah. Like there, you, there are some MMOs where That's you can we be never see kind Bobby. of casual. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> never see Bobby just playing WoW. Uh, but you can be kind of casual um, and play some of the end game stuff, but it's never very fun because it's unorganized. Well, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. Getting, and you don't have the gear and you don't have the practice. And I mean, right. You know, it just adds up. So, I mean, I mean one of the best things about Diablo is that you can say, okay, well, we're going to do um, key warden runs, which are the where you go around and collect all these keys to summon the Ubers, and then you go fight the Ubers. Like, you can just be like, okay, this is what we're doing, and then people just show up to do that, and they most of them are going to already know what's going on. You know, they're no, going to know how to fight that thing. Well, and, and at the end of the day, you're just clicking on the motherfucker. Right. Like, <laughs> and if they're not very good, you just boot them, and the next guy just shows up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> then, I mean, but even in WoW, I mean, you know, you you could argue that you're doing roughly the same thing in WoW. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in WoW, the game is a lot more complicated. Like right. you, you have to, you know, I mean, somebody can be mediocre in Diablo, like have a mediocre build, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if they if they've got the gear and they're just clicking on stuff, like I mean, they're going to contribute. Yeah. In WoW, if somebody doesn't have the right gear and somebody doesn't understand their skill rotations yeah. and how they should, you know, I mean, and how the encounter is going to go, the order of events, and, I mean, the specific mechanics, like, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you might not have one of, I don't know how big your teams would be these days, but, like, one of the team that's supposed to be in there, mm-hmm. like, that they're just not contributing, I mean, that you're going to lose. You right. know? So, I mean, at that point, it's, it's even, it's rough, like you said, the end game in most MMOs is pretty particular, that you be present and you're up to date and you have all the best shit i mean yeah th- there's no whiff in it whereas like i said in diablo as long as you got some decent armor and weapons and whatever you can go click on some stuff and you're probably helping yeah you know and i mean that's i would hate for them to really take away from the diablo formula i mean i'd like to see some innovations of well, course what do you do i mean i don't know <laughs> that, 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 i mean I that's going to be my next question is um if you stick with the if it is d4 like what is what does that look like? I, mean, I would like to see what I would like to see is an MMO esque game. Okay. So like I know you said you haven't never played Destiny, but in Destiny there's a central hub, sure. which is where people get together. Um and it's kind of like a chat room kind of thing. Yeah, and everything's instance based. So it would be nice if like, you know, there's the main city, um I think it's Hagaroth. No, that's that's probably World of Warcraft. It's something like that. In Diablo? It's like one of the main cities in Diablo. It's where the uh, the barbarians lived. Oh, um, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, some big main city where you can just get together and maybe there's, you know, something like an auction house, but maybe not, not a, definitely not a Tristram? real money. Just hang out in Tristram. Oh, yeah, you could just hang even though it's been destroyed like so many times. but. It's fine. But you, you can have something like that where everybody kind of collects and it's like a social area and you can talk to people that you've never met before and that kind of thing. Like, I like that about an MMO, um, but I would like for everything, again, to be instance-based. And I'd like to see, because Diablo 3 went down to like three or four people were allowed in a game, whereas yeah. in old Di- uh, Diablo 2, I think it was, was it six people? I'd like to see more people being able to play in a game at one time. Um, I know that that makes it a little bit harder to balance and whatnot, but it's, uh, I think that three or four is just not enough. Um, Cause like sometimes I'd play and you know, all my friends would be on and some of them would get left out and I don't like that. 
Um, but I'd also like there to be more than just killing like swarms of things. Like it'd be interesting if there were like adventure things that you could do where you could do like actual quests. Um, that would be interesting. Interesting. Like, like I said, having like an MMO somewhat like destiny and even though destiny is not an MMO, but like, I know what you do these different, it's all multiplayer based, based, right? Yeah. Like the point is not to play yourself. Right. You know, um, I think that that would be much more interesting. Um, and it would be a lot more fun, but I don't want a full-on MMO. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would. But I guess to me, you know, improvements to the game, I would like to see, um, and I think we discussed this the other day, like a little bit more variety in the classes. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there just isn't that much, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, I guess you have the Demon Hunter in, in Diablo 3 that's like a range class. Yeah. But like. Whereas, like, a, you know, in, in Diablo 2, you had the Amazon that used the bow. Mm-hmm. Like, there were just more, op- you know, there are more options than just what would exist in D3. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, like, the, the Necromancer, which summons. You don't have a Druid. I mean, there could be somebody that summons an- different types of animals or beasts. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's I mean, again, just we went, we had an episode where we talked about all the different stuff in fantasy. Like, look at all that and, and, and all that content and all those ideas. And there's mm-hmm. a lot more options for the way we could have builds and abilities and things that, that you could do. The other thing that I'd like to see them do is stray away. F- and, and this is hard. I know this is um, that every game these days gets simulated, and every day these every game these days get op. Like if someone's going to power a game and figure out this is uh, a quarter of a percent more DPS than this. I, right. I know that, um, but I'd almost like to see them build in a way to where more builds are viable in game. Yeah. Um, simply so that, like, you know, maybe I have a paladin that has an ability that I really think is cool, and I want to use that one. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's just not viable in game, right? And I've got to go with this build that's the right build with this right armor, and and you know what I mean, like. Yeah, I mean that definitely gets harder with the more classes that you add. I know, but that's that's one of the things I'd like to see him do. It, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I would, I would like to see more viable builds because. I mean, some some builds that you you play the game with, um, and you're like leveling up, and you really like these abilities that you have. But as soon as you hit level seventy or whatever, I think the level seventy was the or what whatever the uh, max seventy, level is, yeah, yeah. Once you hit that level, it's like, well, now these are useless because I have this one piece of gear um, that says that this other ability is way better, right? You know, and then there's no. There's no piece of gear that makes the other thing better. Um, so it would be interesting if you could have, like, if Paragon points were a little bit different. I know you didn't really mess around too I much with Paragon, home, yeah. but it would be interesting if you could power up abilities with Paragon points or something like that to, to make them, like, specific abilities stronger um, instead of it just being, well, I'm, I'm going to boost my strength or I'm going to boost right. my crit chance or something like that, like, um, so that you can make different things more viable like you said i mean you know like the the little spinny hammers that the paladin does uh, or the crusader i guess in three um you know from diablo 2 that was like most people's like favorite build that's what i played. and then in diablo 3 like it's it's fun as you're leveling up but then it's just terrible i don't you get I didn't think it was game. bad mm, well i mean you didn't play the higher tier stuff though that's probably like true. once you hit once you're trying to like do greater risks and stuff, I mean, there might be a build for it now, but I know when I played 
like and i was trying to do high level greater riffs like there was you you weren't i actually don't like that ability yeah i think it's kind of silly looking but yeah but i mean some people it's their favorite so i'm more like the uh pallet the hammer swing that makes lightning jump from everything I think there's one. Yeah, that one's, that one's pretty cool. Um, just there's, from a flavor perspective, I think it's there's cool. There's one but. that's like a big beam of light that comes out of the sky. Yeah. And I don't remember what that one was called, but it was like one of my favorite ones on Shader. Because it was <laughs> just like, the, I don't know. You played Gears of War. It was like the hammer of yeah, dawn yeah, yeah. coming out of the sky and just, <laughs> just murdering everything that it hit. Um, but yeah, man. I, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come out with. Um, we'll keep you guys updated when we get there. Um, but one of the things, you know, that um, every time something new comes out, and, and this is going to happen, I mean, undoubtedly, whatever they announce mm-hmm. and whatever they come out with, even if it's good, there's going to be a lot of naysayers and a, a lot of negative Nancys. Um, and, and, you know, like, you just see this, and I don't know why this is so common in, in a lot of these nerd-related uh, topics like video games and movies and, and TV shows and whatever. Um, but hell, even card games. I mean, people are very quick to shit on new expansions or whatever, right? New sets of cards or whatever. Um, and and I don't necessarily know why that is. Yeah, it's hard to really get into why exactly it's like that. And, and I mean, I think that most of us are kind of guilty of it sometimes. I mean, yeah, we yeah. Talk about, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, certainly talk not about, trying to be hypocritical. We talk about uh, the last Jedi, you know. But I wasn't. I wasn't <coughs> negative. I really. I mean, I'll tell you, it's bad, mm-hmm. and like I'll give you the reasons that I dislike it. But I'm not like zealoting on the internet about how terrible of a movie it is. Yeah, but I want to. I haven't been, but I want. To. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just. I guess I just haven't crossed that line. I mean, I zealot it to my friends <laughs> at work, well, mostly just because it bugs the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that's uh, that's different, I yeah. think, but. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just it, it's kind of frustrating because I don't. I like to think it, more content is always better, and I don't want to. I don't know. Just the negativity and toxicity is just kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a I mean, there's a lot of toxic fan bases. Granted, I mean, if you really look back, I mean, there's toxic fan bases for just about anything. I mean, I bet you, yeah, sports fan. I mean, you, yeah, you name I mean, it, right? Justin Bieber fans, you know, the, that are out there that you know might have those their little fan groups and stuff like that. I mean, there's the people that like thought that you know his first his first album was the absolute best and everything else from there was just horrible because he he got away from his roots or something like you know just any of that kind of stuff um i don't know though you definitely see it a lot more with pop culture um but then again you're the internet is a big culprit for all of i mean for a lot of it these days um oh i agree because it gives you an anonymous platform to just bitch and I mean, even if you're not anonymous, like yeah, on Facebook, yeah, it's just so much it. easier to argue with somebody on Facebook over something you would never argue with them in person with. Yeah, it's you know very what I'm saying? True. It just doesn't matter, you know. And I mean, I've caught myself on this stuff, you know, like especially you talk about political stuff, you know, like I've just like I just never talk about political stuff online unless it's with somebody I agree with now because it's just it's just not worth it. It's not worth the time that I'm going to waste. I agree. Um, you know, arguing with somebody about it. And it it's like, if you could have a civil conversation about it, that's one thing, but it almost always turns into an argument. And I just, I just can't stand that. So yeah, I try to stay away from that stuff. I try to stay away from 
talking about like what's the best, what's the worst, why I hate things. Um, because yeah, it, no, it really right. is easy to go down that rabbit hole. Um, and once I think once you like cross that line, like it's so much easier to just keep going. Yeah, I guess for me, though, I mean, some of that stuff, I mean, I don't, and I guess I I want to clarify what I mean, is I don't necessarily mind um, criticisms of things. Right. After, you know, especially if they're legitimate and well thought out, mm-hmm. um, you're allowed to have an opinion on whatever, and oh, you're allowed to express that opinion, and I, and, and I, you know, we don't always have to agree, and that's cool. I think the, the thing that bugs me the most is, is especially when stuff is new. Mm-hmm. And that's when it seems the most rampant, right? Yeah. Is like, like I said, as soon as they release whatever they're going to release at BlizzCon, there's going to be a whole host of people that no matter what it is, are going to be upset. Well, I mean, there's people that are upset because of the speculation. Like, they, they don't even know what's coming, but I bet you there's a whole bunch of people that are just pissed off because there's a new Diablo coming out, and it's not going to be right. <laughs> You're right. You know I mean, what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> what I'm saying, right, is we're not... That, to me, is just not fair. It's not fun. There's no point. Right. I'm 100% for, I mean, even like you said, we're talking about The Last Jedi, but that movie's been out for a while. And we've discussed what we liked and didn't like, and mm-hmm. I mean, it just so happens that we fall on the more on the didn't like it side. Yeah. But I still went to see that movie. I didn't say anything before that movie. Hell, mm-hmm. even afterwards, I said, you know, it was all right. Yeah, I mean, big- I, I was so excited about that movie that I refused to watch a single trailer on it. Right. But you, you see know? what I'm saying though? I mean, we go into that experience open-minded and, and come and when, at least me personally, like when I left the theater it was like, yeah, that wasn't what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But like there were some things I liked and at the end of the day, it's what I got. Yeah. So I just got to move on. And then the more time I, you know, I think I may have saw, I don't think I saw it again until it came out on theater or, um, you know, DVD. on DVD or well, Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but it, then I was able to watch it again and kind of reformulate my thoughts. And, and then I can have a discussion on exactly what I didn't like and exactly what I think that they should have done differently. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because I don't think I'm being like overtly accusatory or negative or, or whatever. It's like, cause I am giving them some well, credit where credit's due on things that I did like. Right. Um, but like I said, it's different to do that before something's even come out. Like you said, or right after it comes out and, and you played the game for three minutes. Like mm-hmm. that's not, you're not accomplishing, you know, at that point, you're bitching to bitch and to be negative. Oh, yeah. There's no, const- I guess it's when there's no constructive value in what someone has to say. Yeah. And th- and it's real easy to see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, they, oh, this is the worst or this, they, they fuck this up. They always do that. I mean, it's, it's the same type of posts every time. Right. Or the people that are like, like actually like making death threats to, to these actors. Yeah. They like, didn't like what- their it's like. Let's grow up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are absolutely being ridiculous. And it's, and, and and those people are the ones that are being anonymous because, you know, if you're making death threats, like, you probably are not going to be using your regular account. So you're I would just, hope not, but I wouldn't put just, it past some people. You're, I don't know. If, if you're listening to this and you do this, like, uh, we need to sit down and talk. Yeah, just, just rethink it. I mean, and for me, I always view it as try and think of a like. It, Criticisms are fine. Having not agreeing with everything's fine, um, but we have to find a constructive way to do that and to voice that opinion, mm-hmm. um, and do it in a you know not a so serious way. That's the other thing, right? right? Is is I can tell you I didn't like your Blizzard video game or Diablo video game without, like you said, making death threats or or, right. or telling you you're a, a fuck up or like 
You know, or telling mm-hmm. and what's even worse is not, I mean, it's not, I don't even want to say even worse, but what's just as bad is when you talk about somebody that's like a developer. Oh, yeah. And you're talking about like how terrible of a person they are because, you know, of what they've made or whatever, or someone like, let's say you like the new Diablo and somebody else doesn't, and they're going to tell you how terrible or how big of an idiot you are. Or like, mm-hmm. those are the things that bug me. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I definitely. Um, and, and and I guess I just I don't know why we have to do that because at the end of the day, like, the more stuff we get, the better. So like, even if the next Diablo isn't good, and hell, maybe we'll never get another good one. Well, I don't somebody's know. gonna love it. I mean, I, know, that's that's, what I'm I mean, that's the big thing. Like, I mean, with with everything in nerdum, like you might just not understand it. You might not really get why people appreciate it. I mean, look at like I don't understand why grown men like my little pony but they do but there's people that do and like as long as they're not doing anything perverse with it or something i'm not going to judge those i mean you know i'm not going to go up and be like why are you why are you wearing a my little pony hat you know i might i might make a joke or something like that to somebody that i'm close to but i'm not going to like i'm not going to go to that guy and make him feel like less of a person because he is yeah it might be funny to us right doesn't that doesn't make somebody less like you said it doesn't there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. It just yeah. might be funny to us. Yeah. Just like if somebody trips and falls on the street, well, that sucks for that person. And I'm not laughing at the expense of that. I'm laughing because that's funny. Yeah. That's objectively funny. Right. And, and I'm, you know, so, I mean, there are Especially different ways. Especially if you find a banana next to them. And it's, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's even funnier. Funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I just wish that that would really take a chill pill. And it's one of the things that, that uh, of all the good things the Internet's done, that's one of the bad things. Um, and, and I guess the other thing is you have to realize that not every piece of content, just no matter how big of a fan you are, right? No matter if you've played every Diablo since the, on the day it released, since they were, since the early days, and not, even if you put more hours into Diablo than anybody else, mm-hmm. that game is not made specifically for you. No, it's not. And, and the same thing, right? Like the Last Jedi was not made for Chris and Corey. So even though we didn't like it, that's okay because yeah. it wasn't made for us specifically, mm-hmm. and we don't because of that we don't get to choose what it's like, and we can't really be mad when it's not something that's perfect in our opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, both of us are on the same page that we wish it was better and different, and and I'm sure there are things that we've all been excited for that didn't turn out the way we wanted them to. Um, but it, it's again. I'll say it again. It's always better than nothing. It is always better than nothing. Mm-hmm. The the opportunity, the chance, the possibility, the fact that if they make another Star Wars movie and it does okay, even if I don't like it, there's a chance that they'll make another one. Oh yeah, right. Like so. To me, that that's even more. It's just another opportunity, right? Right. And maybe they listen to some of the constructive criticism. Yep, they're not going to listen to the. They're not going to listen to the toxic stuff. And that's, that's out the there. thing that I think people don't realize. Is that when you act childish and you can't give like constructive um, adult criticisms, they're not going to listen to what you have to say. Right. If you start out with using cuss words or, or being demeaning and derogatory, like those people that are making those decisions and trying to take feedback mm-hmm. are going to just stop reading. Oh, yeah. And then all the valid complaints that you might have just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you can find a way to like respectfully and constructively criticize what they've done, then they might actually listen and take heed. Um, but most of the time, you just come off like spoiled brats that it doesn't matter. And they feel like it doesn't matter what they do. 
you're going to dislike it. Yeah. You know where I generally don't see this kind of behavior at, though? Granted, it's in person and not on the internet, but is at conventions. You know, BlizzCon, you know, being a big... Like, when you watch... I mean, granted, part some of it is kind of advertising kind of thing, but when you see, like, video from, like, BlizzCon and stuff like that, like, everybody's excited to be there. They're excited to see this new stuff. Um, you know, you go to, you go to any convention, any convention I've ever been to, like everybody's excited to be there. They're excited to see the new stuff. They're excited to be a part of everything that's going on well, there. And, and that goes back to what you said. It's, it's all based on the internet. Let's be mm-hmm. real. If, if you, um, if you took people for the most part, I would say, and put them instead of being able to comment on a Facebook thread about Diablo four. And instead, they were in a panel with the developers, and you could go up and ask them questions or make comments. Mm-hmm. You would not see ninety-seven percent of the shit that you see on the internet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I would say that probably three percent of people would be would fall into that group that they just wouldn't care enough about, you know, the social interaction part of it that they would just say the same thing, but. I mean, for the most part, and the vast majority of people, they're just completely different. Person. And that's what I'm saying, Same because, person. you know, even interactions that I've had, you know, where I've had disagreements or a little where someone is, is acted this way towards something I've said or um, some conversation that we've had on the Internet. And then the next time you see him, it's like it never happened and, mm-hmm. and everything's cool. And it's like, and I'm fine with that, whatever. I get it. Right. I understand that the social games that the Internet plays. Right. Um but again, it just goes to say that, like, does that person really feel that way? Because if they did, then we'd be having the same conversation in person. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, just because they have a platform on the internet and they can inflate their beliefs, and you know, maybe I mean, a lot of times maybe it's just to make somebody feel bad. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um. So I guess I just want to talk about this a little bit because you know we're all part of the nerd community, and as as a result, we all have an opportunity to do two things: we can make it better, we can make it worse. Yeah. And um, I mean. I mean, the whole point of a nerd like me is to make the nerd community better. Yeah, absolutely. So, to give positive know. experiences, yeah, right? Exactly. Because there are probably people out there that have negative, nothing but negative experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess we want to, to bring it out there that is not always the case. Right. And, the, and the, again, just like um, we talked about with Supercon, like if you are skeptical because it's a, it's a local convention and you've never been because you, you they're always small and nobody shows up and... Whatever. Well, like the best way to fix that is to go participate. Yeah. Um, and same thing when we're talking about this kind of stuff. If you are also annoyed with the way people behave on the internet and the toxicity and stuff and all these communities and fandoms, the best way to fix that is to be a positive influence and to to, to go fix it. Absolutely. Don't don't just abstain, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying go and attack the people that are being negative because that's just going to make it worse. Yeah. Um, but what you need to do is is just be the be the role model, right? I mean, yeah. to be the positive voice because the if if all if, like we said, if ninety seven percent of us do that, and there are still three percent of the people that are like, oh no, screw you, like overwhelmingly, that's a big improvement, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and if if everybody's being positive, it's really hard to be negative. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think there's a uh, I, I want to draw the line between being positive and and being negative and, and or not having good things to say like there's a difference i'm not saying you have to be positive in the sense that everything you say has to agree with somebody and oh, every, right. everything yeah. you has to have has to be giving props to something mm-hmm. you can certainly be critical of something and still be positive yeah exactly and i mean be respectful i mean i mean and there's you know like you said i mean even with 
the Last Jedi or whatever, like you still had things that you liked about it. You had you still had positive things that could come out of it. <laughs> and the mo- and the reason you were most critical about it was because you want it. You want the next one to be a positive. Yeah, absolutely. You because know? I haven't given up, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing is I haven't given up on the next one and their ability because they've made good stuff before, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you they'll do it again. Um, but but what, one of the worst things we can do as a fan base is in, in any kind of nerddom is be negative because then people just stop caring. I mean, right. you, you know, imagine what it would be like if every day you got up to go design something, put your heart and soul into something, to make a new video game, to make a new movie. Um, to be an actor on screen. Mm-hmm. But the last time you did that, nobody had anything good to say. You were getting personal insults and death threats and, and people demeaning you left and right. And, and, and I mean, just think about all the things you read on the internet. Someone is at the core of that. Like right. you're, you're telling that to somebody mm-hmm. about somebody's work, about something that somebody put a lot of time and effort into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's not to say that it, maybe they didn't deserve, um, you know, praise for it. Maybe they did a bad job. But I tell you, a great or a terrible way to get them to do a better job next time <laughs> is to just beat them up about the last oh, time yeah. that they made mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I, you know, I just, I, I think we can all do a better job. I mean, I'm sure I've been, you know, guilty of maybe being a little bit too critical and negative and whatnot, and it's just something that I've been trying to be cognizant about recently, and, and yeah. I understand that that nothing positive comes from that. Mm-hmm. And even like you said, getting in an argument on Facebook with somebody and, and whatever, it's just not, there's no good outcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, we can fix that. And I want to be part of the, the solution rather than the problem. So I, I figured it was a good thing to talk about given that we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming out here. I mean, we've got, unfortunately no star Wars this year, but, um, you know, we've got the, the potential new Diablo game. And then, um, you know, next year we've got a, a ton of good movies coming out. Um, Captain Marvel and, um, the new Star Wars movie. I mean, there's going to be a ton of good stuff. The next Infinity Gauntlet, kind of. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly of the schedule, or whatever it is. Yeah, it should. I'm pretty sure yeah. they've wrapped filming on it. I know that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, right? So I just in in the midst of getting ramping up for all that, let's try and keep an open mind and and stuff like that. Um, but that's pretty much uh, all I think we've got for you tonight. Um, we uh, will we'll be again at Cardinal on Monday. I think we will be uh, on Saturday at Hideaway Saloon mm-hmm. um, for a little hangout thing. Um, they've got it's pretty cool. It's a little console bar. You can go get some drinks and, and play some smooth Super Smash Brothers or uh, whatever else you want. It's kind of it's 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 certainly a, um, it's a unique environment. I don't think I've ever been in a bar like that. No, I've never been either. Um, so it's a really cool concept. Um, Let's see what else we've got. We've got Supercon coming up, which we'll probably talk about that a little more next week. Um, I want to get Aaron back on the show and probably have him talk about that with us because he's got more of the details. He's worked. He's been the one to work in person with those guys and set up exactly what we're going to be doing and, yeah. and how we're going to be interacting and what there is to look forward to. And all. Um, it'd be a really good uh, opportunity to have him back on and talk to us about that a little more. Um, but we've got that coming up in November. Um, yeah, the last end weekend of November. Of November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so lots of stuff going on, of course, as always. Um, thanks, guys, for your support. Uh, thanks, guys, for those of you who have um, liked on iTunes, rated and reviewed and all that kind of stuff. We really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> uh, share the post. Uh, also, get, we're still not getting a lot of comments and stuff on the Facebook post. So um, if you guys have any ideas on or like 
what would get you guys to interact more um, on Facebook? You know, I get messages and, and I have personal conversations with you guys um, about it. It's kind of funny because it's like, like no one will say anything on, on the posts and whatever. But then like I see somebody in person randomly and it's like, oh, yeah, we listened to that episode. And I'm like, can we? That's like, thank you for listening. You know, I, I don't yeah. I don't dislike that any more than, than anything. But it's like, we, you know. If you guys have something to say or whatever, I mean, even if it's just a, hey, I like the show or I, I love playing Diablo, you know, yeah. I mean, just drop that in the comments. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, because we want to start interacting with you guys a little more. Um, and as far as what we're doing, uh, we are getting a little closer to the video stuff. We've, I think, I don't know if we mentioned, we've got it all kind of lined out what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of getting the equipment and, and kind of giving it a test run. Um but we should be good to, to give you some content. Definitely for Supercon, we'll be taking video and stuff there, um, even regar- regardless of whether we've started doing the podcast on video at that point. Yeah. Um, but it's something we're excited to do, and it's just, you know, it, it won't be too too much longer. By the end of the year, I think definitely. Um, but that's about all I've got. You got anything for the people? No, I think that's it. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening, and um, we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.